Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy am I excited for this next author interview. We've got none other than the cosmic horror maestro himself, Bert S. Lechner. That's right, you can go to his website right now, Bert Writes Horror, B-E-R-T-W-R-I-T-E-S-H-O-R-R-O-R.com, and check out the introduction to the new, the coming soon, ebook format of the roots grow into the earth available on pre-order on amazon in fact eh, we might be giving a copy away ourselves so hit us up all this and more on the next what's cracking hit it hey everyone jim phoenix here and boy am i excited for this next what's cracking we have our third and our author series wow our author series is freaking good and we have got none other than Burst S. Lackner, which is the best cosmic horror writer we found. And they got a new book coming out, The Roots Grow Into the Earth, a collection of short horror stories coming out. Pre-order it now, October 7th, 2023, ebook and print and all sorts of madness as it goes through. Order it now. Bert, so glad you're here. Thanks, I mean, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, it's... It's a pleasure having anyone, because of our Cthulhu backgrounds, it's, it's a pleasure having anyone who isn't that cosmic horror. And I know you probably get this asked this a bazillion times, at least twice today. What got you into cosmic horror? Uh, yeah, I think um, I pretty much started where I imagine a lot of people started, by like right. reading the works of Lovecraft, Lovecraft. Um, Getting uh, getting introduced to things like John Carpenter's The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness, um, experiencing Eldritch in like Dungeons and Dragons, oh. all those sort of things. See, I think you hit it on the head, especially like Lovecraft is like the gateway drug for for a lot of us for the cosmic horror. And then for those of you who are listening in 2023, we didn't have all those Lovecraft like movies and TV shows and stuff like that uh, growing up. That's new. That's like the 2020-ish, like the, the last couple of years. So we had the thing, like poor us. We had the thing, like one of the best <laughs> horror movies I ever made. But So we had that. We had Dungeons & Dragons. I'm so glad you brought up Dungeons & Dragons because that was one of the few places that you can do it, create it in your mind. And they had the monster manuals and the compendulums, and they had awesome artists. Just drawing these things out into like horrors into reality, and then so wait, you're doing Dungeons and Dragons. So that, was that during the Sally Jesse Raphael? Everyone's a Satanist time. Or was that after that? Uh, I I wasn't around in that time period. I'm a just me. Kid. So um, I got <laughs> I got introduced to Dungeons and Dragons in like 2009, 2010. Oh, oh, the, you missed all the fun. Yeah, in the 4.0 era. Um, Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, there were those those eldritch elements that that were things that I was always drawn to. Um, and like, I have a tendency to like think of my books as like you know Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy setting with an injection of cosmic horror, uh, right. as opposed to my setting, which is like a horror setting with an injection of fantasy. I like that. That that's that's great, and this is the roots that grown to earth. A collection of short horror stories. How many horror stories do you have in this collection? Uh, so it's a pretty short collection, actually. I have a physical copy with me right Ooh. here. Um, so one of the proofs. Oh, nice. So it's it's a pretty pretty short book. 
100 and, 150 pages. That's pretty good, uh, though. That's compressed really good. of like, uh, nine short stories and novelettes. Oh, see, now I was wondering, it's like nine short stories. That can kind of do it. And you kind of like push it for, further. So when you're creating these stories, how does the idea come to you? Um, so for for the roots grow into the earth specifically, it just um few different few different inspirations depending on the story. Some of them were just like, ooh, this is a cool title. I'm gonna write a story based off this title. Yes. Uh, I know that the first the first story in this collection and the last were inspired by that. Really? Um, there were a few, I think four of them come from Instagram prompts. That I um, just like those monthly horror prompt really? posts. Um, Good for you. That's amazing. Uh, I'm glad then, um, yeah. So there was those, and then there's uh, there were ones like my my largest novel. I think the largest one, the wall, is just based off the idea of like, what if I made a wall, but it was evil. Um, so yeah. So there's those, and then. Uh, one of them is based off of a dream, but like just kind of inspired by that. So it's um, wow. just in general, I get I get inspiration for writing from a whole bunch of different places. No, that's really cool because I I am not like you in a sense that if my titles come first, that's very scary. If if anyone knows my original titles and most of my stories are all monkey songs. So I guess they're all Neil Diamond songs to be, you know, then like the cover, all my things come from cover versions. So you actually can get the title in your hand and go, Oh, I wonder if I can write something with this. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's, there's a handful, there's a handful of them. Like I just, I just came up with the idea, like their eyes were dust. That's a cool phrase. I'm going to make a cool that book. a title of one of my books. And yeah. So that's the first book in the series. Uh, and then going forward, I have, I have at least one other story where the title came first or two stories where the title came first. And then I've been working on a story behind them. Nice. Now, without any spoilers, do you have any recurring characters? Uh, yeah. So uh, the kind of the way the book is set up, um, I have the, the three novelettes in there interspersed right. with shorter stories uh, in cool. the three novelettes. Um, so you I, have yeah. the bridging then, right? Do I have Are the what? short stories bridging them? Uh, not really. I just, um, I kind of, I wanted to play with pacing of the stories in the books. So like, I wanted Perfect. short book, longer novelette, few really short ones, just like kind of break up the pace a bit. Like you would do for a paragraph, short sentence, uh, longer sentence. Long, yeah. long, short, long, long, short, short, short. Yeah, yeah pretty, okay. Pretty much that, except with play like, short stories. But um, Look at like, in regards to recurring characters, I do the the um, like at least two of the novelettes are sort of sort of have some character overlap, and uh, they have um, they're all characters that I'm either planning on exploring in future novels or other other shorter works. That is pretty cool. Now, when you have these stories, do you see them from start to finish in your head first, or do you come out and kind of like piece them together? Like some people, I know people like will outline a story or pace out like 
Oh, I don't forget where are my script writing cards. Like I'll do scripts and, and, and index cards first, and then I'll flash it out that way. Uh, yeah, most most of the time, the story is already fully developed in my head before I put it nice. onto paper. Um, every now and again, there's a surprise that gets thrown at me or a direction I like wasn't expecting it to go. Um, but yeah, usually, usually I've got it nailed down before I put it on paper. I I think we're the same way with that. Uh, like the entire story is kind of like told to you, and you're like, I must get this out now before I forget it. Da, 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 da. As any, did you ever forget? Not so much forget a story, but did you ever try to ignore a story, or maybe more than one story came in at once? Um, yeah, I do. I do have a really bad habit on working on multiple things multiple. at once. Yeah. Um, like if yeah, if I if I start to lose steam on one project, I'll I'll jump over to another one to just like keep the writing going for the sake of writing. That's that's important though. One of the hardest things and. Uh, I'm getting old, but I always think like it was this in basketball. Like I'll never get these up. And then of course, like the first time I played basketball was like this week and 20 years later, you know, and writing is something you're supposed to do is it's, it's a habit. You need to get in the habit because once you get out of the habit, it's really hard to get back into it sometimes. So I'm glad you could the approach of like spinning the plates, right? You have one project here, one project there. This one goes so far creatively like, okay, now I unlocked my mind to do this part. And sometimes what it is, do you find that sometimes it's not so much like a, a writer's block or anything like that, but sometimes it helps to do another story to unlock a key to the different story? Um, I, I think um, sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll go like be writing a story and just get to a point where I know that I'm not ready to write this part of the story. I don't have the technique okay. for this. I'm going to write another story in the meantime. And then I'll come back with new techniques for, for writing. I, I've heard that a couple of times, not just doing this author series, but I've heard that a couple of times. One of the best ways I've, I've heard for comedians who bomb on stage, it, one of the advice that Pete Coriolia, a comedian in uh, New York gave, was it's not a bad joke. You're just not strong enough to tell it yet. And sometimes like it's not a bad story. It's not a bad moment. It's not a bad scene. You have to get stronger to tell that scene. And so it's like you're working out, you're working out your 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 writing muscle on the other stories that you still have, you know, you can unlock it and come back. That's pretty cool. I, I've heard that more than once. It, it's what was the advice? Like if you wanted to edit your own stuff, put it in a freezer for a while. And then go and be like, oh, now I can read it with fresh eyes because something in your mind is going to lock it, right? Yeah. Do that, you that, edit? How do you edit? By the way, I'm I'm curious. Uh, so I do, I do, I do do the the forbidden act of like editing while drafting pretty often. Um, I'll yeah, I'll just John go back and do the same thing and tweak it. But generally, by the time I get to the end, it's um not not too much of my own personal editing left to do. It's just uh, right. A matter of getting it to a proofreader or a uh, copy editor. Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty important. Now, yes, there's there's a couple of schools of thought of editing. Like you should always never do, you know, revise it completely. Don't like take two steps forward, one step back. There's a historical writer named John Vernon out of Binghamton University, and that was his style of editing. He would write like say four or five pages that hour, and then the next time he wrote, he'll skip back two pages then edit and go 
and then add on a couple more. Let's get back. I mean, it works. Whatever you need to do, it works. But I'm glad you brought up getting a proofreader or a copy edit from someone else. Have you ever tried doing your own stuff and like missed like a thousand things? I, I did I do. So yeah, I, I, I published all of the stories in this collection before I compiled them into one. And right. I, I did it pretty much entirely the wrong way in every single step of the process, like um, using generic covers, not getting an editor, doing no promotion before I just threw it onto the oh. web. Um, oh. and but that's so, it. Yeah. That's how we learn. So when I did when I did get the roots grow into the earth, yeah. proof ed proof edited, I had about 250 suggestions and 242 of them were commas that I missed. <laughs> I laugh because I I've seen commas and comma splicing as any writer, especially if your first language is English, because we're taught commas or pauses in in dialogue. They're not; they actually have a grammatical function. <laughs> but you know, we, we're we're taught this like K twelve. We're taught that like this is what the comma is used for. So we either omit them entirely or put them in like rain. When in reality, is that very specific usage? And it's just, I think that's just United States education, not to bash the US. It's just what we grew up with. We, you know, I'm pretty sure you were taught it's a half a pause, a period's a full pause. It's like the half breath. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I see I, that I a lot. I was ever taught that I completely forgot it. Oh, and yeah. Oh, that's rules. But, um, oh, man. But that's, but that's the thing. These are things that we would not see ourselves. No matter how well you think, you know, we, I'm gonna read it backwards. So it was that as so like read it backwards, and so it doesn't make sense to your mind. Well, grammar backwards is still kind of be skipping over. So I'm glad you got this published. And I, you mentioned something else, not having the generic book cover, right? Uh, yeah, I've yes. Uh, so you now have an artist doing your book cover, and you're having like the the not. Look at the book cover now. It looks like a, a photo, probably, right? Yeah. So, so this first? book cover, um, I used I used Canva Pro to make nice. my book cover this time around, and yeah, I, I heavily tweaked and edited a a stock photo that they use just to make it my own. Um, I like it. it. It's it's very dark. It fits. It fits. I'm looking at it right now. And the book from looking at it right now, of course, is "The Roots Grow into the Earth: A Collection of Short Horror Stories." out october 7th you're beating me to the publication oh punks oh you whippersnappers and you can do it as a pre-order ebook and paperback matter of fact if you're listening to the podcast right now if you're listening to right now it'd be really weird if it's just you and i so it's one of us to listen to it but you know when this podcast comes out the first four listeners email me at jimphoenix at hauntedmtl.com i'll buy it for you right there let me get to four copies, boom, onto your Kindle, bam, into your mind, get it instantly, instant gratification. We always want that. Now, when you are getting these out as a collection and it's your collection, I am going to ask more of the publication aspect of, okay? When we're going through these, I know you put them out on, like, what was it? I'm looking at Amazon right now. So obviously Amazon. 
Amazon and maybe Ingram and maybe it's going to be uh, not book blur, but oh man, I'm blanking out. Not book that, funnel, uh, book funnels for arcs. Uh, I do, I do have a book funnel um, arc program for this going on now. Do and, you? And I do. I, so I have it on book funnel, book sirens, and um, I, I have uh, yeah. Just I'm I'm consistently sending out art copies all the way until the uh, release date. That's amazing. Okay, for those who don't know, and thanks for like bringing this up as my mind kind of like spins out on like draft draft digital. That was the one I was trying to think of. I my mind was gone. I'm so sorry. I don't know how I got book funnel from draft to digital, but I'm glad you brought like talked about book funnel for a bit because that was one of the things when I have okay I have a new book. I'm not gonna push my book out, but we as a publishing company we never use book funnel. We never use book funnel, and sometimes it was like putting the like the anthology. So like you guys do the work. You I'll put some tweets out. I'll pay some Amazon ads, Facebook ads, whatever, and hopefully lightning strikes if it does. Uh, you know, but book funnel is new to me and they are mostly like they deliver to arcs, the advanced reader copy for people who don't know to different readers. Do you get a lot of feedback from them or what are you getting from book funnel? Uh, sorry, you broke up there. Um, could you repeat that? Sure. Like for book funnel, because they're sending mostly arcs out for book funnel. So I was wondering, do you get a lot of feedback from these arcs? Or are you hooking them into maybe a reader's list? What is your goal? What was your main purpose for BookFunnel? Uh, for me, for BookFunnel, um, and just for all the arcs in general, really, um, my main purpose is just to like, get my book into as many hands as I possibly can before okay. the release. And just like, hopefully get get a nice chunk of reviews that people can see day one, really. Okay. So you're also preloading your reviews with this. That's a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been, yeah, I, I'm on, I got on book funnel pretty like recently also It's the newest, the newest thing for me. Um, before that I was just doing it manually, like asking people if they wanted to yes. be arc readers. Um, and it's like the first of those reviews have started coming out on Goodreads. But um, yeah, hopefully like the book funnel ones will start coming out soon too. And and that's a great that's a great point because a lot of the times, like I said, especially when Haunted MTL first started out as Rookie's Backyard, our reviewers were like, you send them PDFs, like the free ebook type thing, you know, even if it wasn't a, a Kindle or a Mobi or what it was, and like here you go, and I hope they give you a review. They might not. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I just, you know, didn't send the right PDF person. But and now you have a system because the way book selling works, they list, you want to front load. You want to get the momentum going into it, and then you have this big launch and go jazz hands. Where the way it used to work before, this is all author signings. You go to an event or a different event back in the nineties. And author signings, especially after COVID, were kind of like even before COVID. Like someone asked me for advice for author signing before. I'm like, bring your friends so it doesn't look like you're alone. <laughs> you know, I was like, your, your miles may vary on author signings, especially if you have no word or press before that. So I'm glad to seeing that you're using Book Funnel. That's very cool. And absolutely getting some professional to do, especially the it's just proofread. 
copy edit and proofread they're two different uh, uh things but they kind of go hand in hand you know you do one and the other now if you were to give young bert s lechner advice before your very first short story what advice would that be oh that's that is really tough um yeah You know, I think, um, I don't think young Bert would have listened to any advice I would give him knowing me. Um, uh, but, um, I think, I think, I think my, my advice would just be, you know, persevere, right? Mm. Everything's going to come out well, just, just right. Really. I like that. I, I, I think it's honest and I think it's, it's what people need to hear because a lot of times. You hear something like, I'm going to make a bazillion dollars my first book. I'm like, no, you won't. You won't. So you might get rejected 5,000 times by an editor. But the 5,000 the one time that's going to get you through is that maybe you weren't strong enough to write that one short story, but it's this short story that's going to hit. It's, it's you keep working at it. It's just you keep writing. It's, it's something that has to keep pushing you. And I like that. Persevere. Now, if, if you were going to give new writers new writers that haven't even started writing at all haven't started writing at all that might be too shy to write or too shy to do the marketing or too shy to do something what advice would you give to a brand new writer who not not just to persevere which is great but something that's going to be what did you wish you knew before you started, I think we mentioned a little bit with the uh, the covers and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think you could you could fill a book with things that you probably should know before you publish a book. Um, <laughs> That's true. Um, that is true. You know, I think you know some something that like stalled me into like getting to where I am now that that put me back really far is being discouraged by people who tell you how hard it is to write or how hard it is to successfully be an author. Right. Um, like people, people really like to tell you how low your odds of success are and how much work goes into being an author. And I had that experience with, with somebody who just flat out was telling me to just keep it as a hobby. Don't pursue being an author it's so much work. Um, so I would just say like the biggest advice for just new authors is like, it is a lot of work. Yes. So just, you know, do it in baby steps, just like do your passion, do your writing, yep. start one social media platform, get used to it. Then, then start the other ones. Just do, do everything little bit by bit until it's, and just whatever sort of pieces you need to do it in. I, I enjoy that. I like the baby steps approach because I, I, I think, and this is something we all as authors can reflect on as another like social media platform pops up like whack-a-mole. Like, oh, I have to go this one now. Well, you might be really good at one, but you won't know until you try them. And that, like you find your, your lane and like, oh, I'm really good at this one. Eh, I can do okay on this one. So you know which way to kind of like go towards. And I like that. And I like the, it's the babysitter approach. And that's what I was trying to say is like, it's not going to be like you're going to write one book and be done and walk away from it. 
it's going to be like, okay, that was your, oh my gosh, everyone went wrong on a fire book. Now you learn from that and now you make another one and you learn from that one. You make another one. You learn from that one. You make a learn. It's a, it's a progressive. And it's like a lot of stuff like, even like today I've been doing this for like decades and I'm like, oh man, book funnel, huh? Like, oh man, fine. I guess it's no longer a street team of a bunch of punks in the in the uh, parking lot. So I appreciate the time. And again, Bert S. Lechner, we are going to do cosmic horror. It's the roots grow into the earth, a collection of short horror stories. Pre-order it. October 7th. Pre-order it now. Don't wait for October 7th. Do it right now. Do it before it gets to September. And remember. Did I say the first three? I meant the first four listeners who call in. Call in. Wow. It's been a long day. If you call in, I'll be very surprised. I'll be very surprised. My mom's getting on, I guess. Who write in the Jim Phoenix at hauntedmdl.com or Instagram tweet or I guess X now or thread us like TikTok. I don't know where I am anymore. We will buy you the book and we'll ship it out. Or, well, actually, Amazon will ship it out. Well, I'm not going to ship it out to you. Or Barnes & Noble. So whoever, whoever your bookseller is, they'll ship it out to you. All right. So once again, Bert S. Lechner, thank you very much for your time. And that's that's wonderful cosmic horror. We need more of that. We need more cosmic horror. I'm so glad you're here. So yeah, thank thank you. you very much for having me. Yeah. Bye.